Welcome to Food and Loathing, where when the host is away, the... Uh, Wait, I did that line a few months ago, and I I got nothing else. <laughs> well, it is true. Al Mancini is on vacation this weekend, soaking up some sun. I think doing some sort of really fancy tequila tasting. I think he did some fishing off the side of a, uh, is, a pier. He's Mr. It's, Cabo. He is owning it all yeah. week long. So we are excited for him to take a break, but we are excited to still bring you the show. Uh, today I'm sitting in Lemon Tree Cafe. And with who are you, Patrick by the way? Little John. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm Gemini. Yeah. If you haven't heard of me before, I do write for offthestrip.com. I have all my own socials on Wishbone and Vine. And uh, yeah, I eat and drink my way through Las Vegas. So if you haven't met me yet i promise you we will one day now i know even more <laughs> and i'm rich johnson the guy who puts it all together with all this fancy hardware and stuff and show up and talk about my stuff and i've been on the road f- across the globe You've been and back for a while i i have oh god was it five weeks six weeks yeah you're back in the country though yes i'm in uh, seattle right now heading to vegas in, in another week or so week and a half or so i'll be back in yeah. the in the 115. Oh, God. My pool is ready for you, my friend. Oh, God, I'll need it. Yeah, it's a, a balmy 75 and wonderful in Seattle. Oh, my God. It I'm was jealous. Uh, about that uh, most of the days I was in Paris, about a week and a half or so. Oh, it's already yeah. 98 degrees here, and it's barely 11 o'clock, so... <sighs> I'm, I'm happy we're sitting in air conditioning and good company. I do have a fantastic almond latte next to me. It is hot. Yeah. I'm not a huge iced coffee fan. So uh, give me my coffee hot. My mother always um, used to say a hot black <laughs> coffee actually made her feel cooler. Yeah. Yeah. The science behind that is that it's warmer than your actual body heat. And so you actually feel everything else is cooler around whatever uh-huh. it is. Just don't burn your esophagus while you're doing Important safety tip, yes. (laughs) Oh, well, it's good to hear your voice again. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, you've been doing so much behind the scenes, um, fixing up all of of mine and Al's, uh, let's call them fuck-ups to be nice, um, (laughs) as I I learn more and more about the engineering. And, um, but yeah, we are grateful for you. We're grateful for your travels. Um, you know, we talk about what we've done. We've talked about what we've eaten around Vegas, but I really want to go ahead and give you a few minutes. Tell me okay. a little bit about what, cause we haven't actually had you on the show for a few weeks. Yeah. Let's take a few minutes and, you know, step out of the box a little bit. Tell me some of the best, couple of the best meals you had will, while you were in Europe. I will try. I've been, uh, since the first of June, I went back home to Portland. Then I was up here in Seattle. Then I went to Boston, to Cape Cod. About two weeks in Paris. It was supposed to be three, but uh, job changes brought me back a little early. I spent most of uh, the weekend and until yesterday in uh, the suburbs of Washington, D.C. What happened was I was on the road. I have this radio anchor job. I'll anchor and write and present the hourly newscast on a small radio network. And apparently I just wasn't shitty enough because on the 4th of (laughs) July, a guy called me up and fired me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Actually, you know, to be sort of diplomatically uh, fair, he wanted to spend the money in different ways. And for the money he's paying me, he's going to hire two people. So, Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so I cut the Paris trip short a bit, uh, went to D.C. a bit. Now I'm back in Seattle where my car is living and uh, I'll get back in an hour, in a week or two or something like that. I'm going to take it nice and easy going back south. Down the Good coast, the Oregon and California coasts for me, all the way down, until I have to take a left and 
head to the 15. So I did not do the uh, John Curtis thing, spending several house payments on haute cuisine in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, croissant and cafe American in the morning, interesting lunches, and a couple of nice dinners in Paris. My first real meal was a nice classic steak fritz at a place about half a block from the apartment uh, in the 16th arrondissement where I was uh, staying with a longtime friend. He had this place, you saw the picture, I think, on the ninth floor of a building right along the Seine, about a yes. mile and a half downstream from the Eiffel Tower to my left. So yeah, I'd watch the lights at 10 o'clock every night. And Steak fritz is what I remember from Echo and Rig. That they sell me that classic hanger yes. steak from the butcher shop, and this was just perfect and and that was pretty cool now i did to al's dismay have a little parisian (laughs) fast food here and there uh i mean you are our fast food guy so we expected a little bit or junk food guy depending on the week (laughs) Uh, the high point was a lobster roll at a place called homer you know not homer simpson but like like homer Homer, Homer, yeah the french word for lobster they had four different (laughs) kinds mine was a lemon butter and it was wonderful at the other end of the spectrum, I fell for a trap, and I should have known it was a trap when the word was up in English in Paris. Uh-oh. And it said, authentic French taco. Okay. Uh, no, not okay. <laughs> Feel free to jump in, Patrick. Yeah. I see the look on your That's face. Right. French <laughs> yeah. It was just a burger with cheese and some sort of slaw wrapped up in a tortilla stuck in a panini grill. Uh, I left about half of it along on the table, along with the freezer fries. Probably the worst fritz in all of oh, France. Yeah. Don't get me it, wrong. I don't mind a good freezer fry oh, if yeah. it's done right. These but were not. These were not. <laughs> <laughs> best, uh, best stuff I had a little farther down the Avenue de Versailles at Cafe Mirabeau. I had a fantastic croque madame one day and a side salad for lunch. One day oh, I had a nice you, tasty. You can't go wrong with something like that. A toasty omelet. I'm not always a big fan of the sort of burned on the outside omelet that seems to be the French way, but it was still pretty good. Put some Emmentaler or something in there and it was wonderful. There you go. At James Tree's advice or more like his insistence. <laughs> the falafel. I went to a falafel place <laughs> in the old Jewish quarter. Uh, Las du falafel, which I believe means uh, ace falafel. And uh, it is very popular. I was there right at the opening at 11, which was good because by the time I was done inside, there was a line out the door. Oh, my gosh. I had shawarma, which was a combination of, uh, uh, I think it was turkey and uh, lamb, but all done on the big vertical uh, spit. And a couple of falafels. All were excellent. It was wonderful. And, of course, my beverage of choice for most of the trip, uh, you know, Coke Zero, because you can't get a Diet Coke, hardly at all. Right. Uh, my side trip to London, I dined with a BBC buddy at a place uh, called the Ivy Cafe. It's a chain, but it's a nice upscale it's chain. I had a shrimp. Very good and, place. You love those. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. You've been yeah. there, Patrick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was okay. the one on Marylebone Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Shrimp and lobster pot pie. It was It was very nice. Uh, the company was better, though. My longtime sportscaster friend, a shout out to Eleanor Oldroyd, who covers a lot of cricket on the Beeb. Yeah, baby. And so the next day, I bought a, a scalp ticket for the Ashes at Lords. The fifth day of the second test. I'll bet Patrick knows what that means. Oh, I'm married to an Australian. I know what all of this means. I know what it means, <laughs> but I don't like cricket. Oh, that's right. Most Scots don't like cricket. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Ellie, uh, who's very famous in Britain, got to ring the bell at the beginning of the thing. It's, oh, it's, it's how fun. sort of their version of lighting the torch at a Raiders game. Yep. You know, it's a it's a big honor. 
Uh, or I, for the VGK fans out there doing the, the siren, the, the, yeah, the siren, yes. So I, I love the croissant and coffee mornings in Paris, but boy, I was really ready for the proper English breakfast: bacon, sausage, eggs, mushroom, toast, uh, tomato. There was no blood sausage on this plate, uh, but it oh, really, sacrilege. really no hit beans? the spot. Did you get beans? Yes, there were beans too. Okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> got to have beans. It's not <laughs> proper if it's beans. not there. Would it That's be a proper true. English breakfast, or Patrick? Would it be a proper British breakfast? Well, that would be an English breakfast. You'd have to have the uh, the blood pudding to make it a Scottish one, or oh, okay. you know, we, we we even do haggis as well. I've had, oh, you know, I I got to get to Scotland to try real haggis, haggis. Scotch, haggis Scotch egg. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I had Close, that in Edinburgh. The closest oh. I get to haggis is the can of haggis I see on the shelf in the British section <laughs> at International <laughs> Food over there at uh, Decatur and Tropicana. Look. That's like having dog food. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm going to take my hint from the expert on that and not try that yeah. one. <laughs> uh, cricket uh, fast food was pretty cool. There was Lebanese crepes, a Hendrix gin truck. Yeah, baby. A, a duck burger, some Greek. A burger truck that took a shot at our favorite American ch- uh, chain with the slogan, Fries Before Guys. <laughs> took that as a bit of a slap, but hey. Uh, not high tea, but low tea for me at uh, Fortnum and Mason. I bought about a hundred dollars worth of loose tea to bring home to uh, to Asha, my wife. Uh, I had the worst meal of all was uh, in the morning for the Eurostar in the waiting room. A bacon roll that was s- just a slice of back bacon on a stale roll. Yeah. The only thing that saved it was two packets of HP sauce. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, there's a reason that Australians eat a lot of that shit with tomato sauce because <laughs> otherwise you can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in Unless Paris. you're doing a proper fry yeah. up or something. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's been up and down on this stuff. Uh, back in Paris, I had some ch- Thai, some Chinese, uh, some sushi. The sushi was wonderful. It's an international city. Come on. I can't just yeah. live on steak frits and duck and sauces. So first Fair meal enough. back in the U.S., I stopped for a real authentic Maryland crab cake at a place called Buddy's Crab ha- Cake, uh, Crab House up in Havard Grace, just uh, near the confluence of the Susquehanna yep. and the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, wandering around the old neighborhoods of D.C., I tried a Chinese place in Cleveland Park, one of my favorite neighborhoods. Probably the worst Chinese meal I've ever had oh, no. at all time. <laughs> <laughs> little Hunan chicken had two little heat stars on the menu and almost no heat on the plate. Yeah. I've made it up, though. Well, I didn't get to Ben's Chili Bowl, which is a historic place in D.C. Yes, it is. I've talked about the half smoke before, and I, I think I stumped uh, Ralph uh, Perazzo about the half smoke. <laughs> You'd never heard of it. Half pork, half beef hot dog. Uh, I've actually ordered some mail order that are coming here to my friend's house in uh, Redmond, Washington tomorrow. From Ralph or from Ben's? From Ben's. Oh, from okay. Ben's. Yeah. We're going to have to do a taste test because for those yeah. who don't know, our friend Ralph Parazzo is the guy behind the Snapparazzo hot dog. Oh, they're wonderful. That is taking over the nation. Yeah. But Ben's is history because Ben's was... Uh, this hot dog joint on U Street in D.C. that was the only place sort of untouched on a block that was totally burned out uh, during the 1968 riots following the assassination wow. of Dr. Martin Luther King. In fact, it became the venue for talks 
yeah. that ended the violence. So it is sacred ground in D.C. Yeah, Ben's I don't think I've been to Ben's since uh, oh, yeah. 2008, 2009, if I'm lucky. All it's right. been a long time. And the last thing I'll say about all this, I had wonderful, pleasant weather in Paris. And then I got off the out of the car in D.C., and I get hit with that 95 degrees and 90% humidity and, <laughs> and reminded humidity. me why <laughs> I don't want to live there anymore. And I want to get back to dry heat. Yes, it is a real thing. Trust yeah. me, it is wonderful. I miss you, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vegas misses you. It's waiting. <laughs> Patrick, just... since you're our guest, let me ask you, because this is the part in the show and we talk about what we love about eating in Vegas, what we've been eating in Vegas for the past week or so. Tell us some of, I mean, we haven't talked to you for a while or ever. Um, so we don't, we don't really have a last week to go to. Um, so tell us, where do you eat when you're in Vegas? Well, what, what have you been eating lately? A couple of places. Well, a couple of places I always go to with my wife is uh, Meraki's. Oh, we stand some there. of the best. Yeah, some of the best Greek food in Vegas. And it's always consistent. You know, it's mm -hmm. always great. Um, and it's always easy, you know, get in, get out in 30 minutes. You know, yeah. that's the other thing. It's just, and it's, I go to the one up in Summerlin. Uh, yep. So it's near my home. Um, Naked Fish for sushi. Oh. Naked Fish, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, been going there since, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and they're, they're coming back. So you the, live over by me because the Kobe restaurant is over yes, there. Yeah, all the, yeah, that yeah, whole. Yeah, yep. up in the, I don't know what you call it these days. South, South Summerlin, South, I think. South Summerlin, yeah. as we call it. Yeah, we like to say we're on the fringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're trying to make Summerlin edgy? Is that yes, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> we're, not all, we're, we're, we're not all retirees, <laughs> yeah. I promise you. Yeah. Some I, of us, well, you know. I live I in Sun up. City, Summerlin, God's waiting room. So. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't got the pass for that yet. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Naked Fish is great because uh, when I used to work on the Strip, because uh, I used to run Il Molino, mm -hmm. um, the Italian restaurant, and you know, finished there whatever time, but it was always open until two in the morning yeah. uh, until the pandemic. Yeah. And so they've been you know, slowly coming back. They're edging out their time. They're up to 10.30 now, and uh, you know, this, they got their happy hour. And um, again, Never misses a bee. Always consistent and great food, and the staff are always really friendly. What What is one of your favorite um, underrated places in Vegas? Oh, underrated. That's good. I'm gonna have to think on that. Yeah. Because um, I I tend to cook a lot. Yeah. Day. So we don't go out that much anymore, uh, like we used to. Yeah. So your your own you, kitchen you, would be the most underrated. Place. I do it for yeah, a living, yeah, and know. I still cook more often than I go out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. One thing, uh, one addendum to Paris, the guy I was staying with, a uh, very frugal guy, his freezer was jammed to the gills with stuff from Costco. Yes, there's a Costco oh. in Paris. And, yep. a, and a chain called Picard, which are these stores about the size of a 7-Eleven, filled with low chest freezers, filled okay. with every kind of frozen food in the world. And it's really, really good. Mm. So we had some paella, we had some bolognese, we had uh, some shrimp and a couple of other things, all from Picard. Nice. Yeah. But I couldn't get enough. I, I told him, you're not buying another thing while I'm here because <laughs> there's literally no room in the freezer. There's no room in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. So you cook a all lot. Right. We like naked lot. fishes. Yeah. We like Meraki. You know, uh, if, I go to, if I go to the strip, I go to Sushi Raku, uh -huh. I go to uh, Joe's, um, and... You know, I go down. I've uh, where Al Salido. I've been to. Oh yeah. Um, um, Edema. Oh, Edema's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Just around the uh, corner. 
and also been over to Basilico here. Yeah. So, which has been is great. It's um, with Chef Francisco. So, yep. So, so we're we're all you know just getting getting our feet wet over here. This uh, this side of things. That's fantastic. But um, yeah, uh, I like a lot of cooking. Um, we tend to just it's like you struggle for time as well yeah to go out. you know my wife works i'm working a yeah, lot now a lot a lot so <laughs> yeah. you know you get home and you're exhausted and you just you know you try and make things i get stuff, it so. i get it you yeah. do the thing making a whole bunch of stuff of one thing on the weekend and then uh, just dishing it out every night yeah. <laughs> well i used to i used to do uh make a lot of sauces so mm-hmm. i do the yeah. sauces and freeze them take them out as i need them you know that yeah. Is a, yeah taking uh, that's yeah. exactly how i handle it yeah cut the salmon up portion it yeah Yes. I'm doing that this afternoon. I'm cutting it. I am yeah. I am butchering a 20 pound yeah. salmon yeah. this afternoon so I can fill the freezer. Nice. Keep, keep the skin on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Best way. Cool. All right, Jim, where you been? I know it's just only a couple places, right? Only a couple <laughs> of places. <laughs> um, so the other night I was lucky enough to go to Sparrow and Wolf um, with some, it was a work meeting, but it was still kind of a, a girl's night out kind of thing, which was nice. Um, we just said, bring us whatever you're going to bring us. And so it was great. We had, um, an octopus dish. We had, um, I'm kind of going to kind of skip around a little bit because I did, I took no pictures that night and I don't know how this is possible. I just (laughs) let everybody else do it. I know. Uh, but they gave us little, little tiny pairings with each thing. And so we had an octopus dish. Um, we had a foie gras bon me that was fantastic. We had the pork secreto, um, as for desserts, I think we tried two or three different desserts. One of them was the lightest chocolate cake that was, I mean, lighter than should be legal and Uh and still call it a chocolate cake. Super delicious. Um, Really, really great flavors. We also had a yuzu Earl Grey creme brulee. Whoa. I think it was yuzu, either that or kumquat. Um, Either way, citrus and Earl Grey tea go fantastic together. If you're not a tea drinker, give it a try put that into dessert and it was really, really great. My only complaint, and I can't believe I'm saying any complaints about Sparrow and Wolf ever, is that I like that really heavy sugar crust on top of a creme brulee. Yeah. I want to break through yeah. it. I want the crunch while I'm eating it. I'm a huge texture person in that way. Um, I'm not turned off by a lot of textures, but I want a lot of texture when I eat. So that was amazing. And of course, the service is epic. Everybody knows exactly what they're doing. The staff is super friendly. We were very well taken care of, um, taking over one of the back seats and, you know, still able to have our meeting, have our conversations, do everything really well. So, uh, and at the end, I had a an Aleppo Negroni that was lovely. It's everything I love, which is the bitter and the spice and uh, perfectly well-balanced wouldn't trade that for a night for any other nightcap. I think, I think that's my new favorite right now. Um, a place where you and I need to go to rich still together. I went back to jams this week. Um, I was craving a, um, I wanted breakfast, but I didn't want breakfast kind of a thing. So I settled on a, now I'm losing what, what the hell it's called. Um, I'll come back to that. I don't know what I just did. I totally had a brain fart on what I ordered. Some um, wacky, weird uh, thing with half no, a can a of whipped cream on it's, top. No, it's just a sandwich. It's a, and I, 
Yeah. And I can't think of the name of it. It's a burger on bread with onions and and patty melt. Burger. Patty melt. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. <laughs> they make a really great one. Um, the yeah. onions are really well caramelized. The cheese is there without being you know, to, to give you the flavor, but not overly so, because some places that do these patty melts, they take too much uh, emphasis on the melt and you don't taste yeah. anything else. Um, and I got a little side of gravy with it. That's where I hit my my breakfast sort of thing that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and it's a super great combination. So I had that. Um, I don't know where it came from, but the other day um, with my name on it, but no, no, no. No receipts, no anything. I got a box of Freed's desserts. So whoever's listening, um, if you sent that to me and there was supposed to be something attached, please get a hold of me. But I'm still going to give the shout out to Freed's because it was a really great mix of fruity desserts, really light desserts, decadent desserts, chocolate. Um, and so we've been kind of digging into that little bits at a time. And um, super great. I know that there's Freed's all over. I know there's one in Summerlin. I'm thinking that's where it came from. Yeah. Um, Because some of this stuff was still kind of cold, so it couldn't have traveled that far in this heat. Um, So thank you to whoever sent me a whole bunch of dessert, which I'm not really supposed to be eating, but I am enjoying every freaking bite of it. That's an interesting Uh, place, Freed's. They've expanded a lot in the last few years. They really have. Really is an old school traditional. Your yeah. grandparents kind of bakery shop. Yeah, with, with the, but they've got some newer flavors now. They've got some newer, newer little yeah. cuts of cake. They've got all kinds of fun things over there. So, yeah, super grateful for whoever yeah. sent it. I, I want to thank you personally, if I can. Um, we've been pairing it with wine. We've been pairing it with after dinner coffee, um, you know, whatever we can do with it. It was like eight or nine different cuts of things. And I just have no yeah. idea who to thank for it. I'm not always um, a big fan of a lot of the traditional old stuff but i like the idea that there's a counterbalance to nothing but wacky donuts exactly yes the wacky donut thing i'm over yeah (laughs) (laughs) if it's a good donut it's a good donut but if you have to dress it up too much if it goes together that's great but if you have to dress it up too much and i'm I'm not really tasting the donut underneath then i really don't want the donut like Like so many other things we see with influencers (laughs) online if it's more show than go go uh and then i tried a new poke place because there's a place close to to where we all live we all kind of live in the same area um called island fresh sushi or uh, poke or something like that they're good um but i think they use a little too much sauce everything kind of gets lost and and then the fish doesn't feel as fresh and things like that so i tried a new one called koi bito poke um this is one that i did order so i don't know their address um but you can look it up online for sure and it was super light, um, very, very lightly dressed, like I expect poke to be. Um, you had choices of fish. You had choices of sauces. I kept it super simple. And it was just a really nice, refreshing midday sort of lunch while I was doing some work. So um, shout out to those guys as well. Yay. Um, yeah. So we are going to be getting into the news in just a few moments. But this, first. Ah, uh, but first. You tell me, because I don't know. I've been gone. That that guy sitting next to you might talk to you, right? Well, we are we are going to be talking to Patrick Littlejohn here at the Lemon Tree Cafe. I just wanted to tease a little bit of news that's coming up um, and get ready for some interviews. I know that Al's got an introduction and an interview with Michael Vaknin coming up. We will get into talking about pizza. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. This. So all of... 
I'm sorry. Finish. <laughs> I Go jumped on it. you. I'm sorry. You know, we're a thousand miles away. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Finish your thought. This is Food and Loathing. There you go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast, restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. Want more? Ah, uh, we got more. Find me every Thursday morning around 810 on The Club, AM 670 KMZQ. On TV, you can find me Mondays around 830 AM on Wake Up With The CW. And the Neon Feast updates happen all week long on all of the highway radio stations all over your FM dial. The Vibe, The Drive, Highway Country, or go to highwayradio.com. Michael Vacnine has a new pizza place called Double Zero Pie and Pub on Spring Mountain Road in the same massive complex that houses the Golden Tiki, Partage, Mossport Favor, Half Bird, a bunch of other places. Michael's a member of the World Pizza Champions team, and he's won best in the U.S. and second best in the world in the non-traditional category at two consecutive pizza expos. A lot of you may know him from Pop-Up Pizza in the Plaza. He's also working in Dana Point, California with Metro Pizza's John Arena and Chris Decker. They've got a project out there called Truly Pizza. And Double Zero is a partnership with the Lev Group, which you know from Alcelito Posto, Ada's, Harlow, La Strega, Evil Pie, Golden Tiki, the soon-to-open Fine Company. Um, so this is um, Lev Group and Michael Vacnine working together on Double Zero. The place has only been open a couple of weeks, and Sue and I just dropped by for a feast and this conversation. Chef, a lot of people are familiar with your pizza. They've had your stuff, but your story is kind of an interesting one. I'd like to kind of go back to how you got your start in pizza because it, it came out of a real estate career. Am I correct on that? Yes, I started in commercial real estate with a hospitality background and degree at UNLV. At the time, it was 2007, the town was on fire, I was having a blast, just the world was having a blast, and I wanted to be in the f most fun and exciting industry, which at the time I thought was going to be running hotels. I worked for the W, and I transitioned after working in New York for the W in their real estate development office helping roll out all their hotels, I decided to make that transition to the real estate side. 
So how'd you get your start making pizza? I've always made dough, so I'm obsessed with dough. Um, it started with bagels when I was a teenager, um, and it quickly went into pizza when I was in high school. And I was always obsessed with that dough procedure of touching it and, and developing it and making it from this very simple water and flour ingredient to something that I thought would be very special. And I've been in love with this process since I can remember being a teenager. The first that most people in Las Vegas, I think, came to know your pizza was when you were at Pop-Up Pizza, right? That was your, you, you got asked to make pizza at the plaza. How'd that happen? Yeah, so I'm actually still there. Uh, I still do make pizzas there. Um, I started Pop-Up on the casino floor of the Plaza Hotel, rolling a cart around the, the casino, making pizza in Oscar's Steakhouse, which at the time had a pizza oven and I would bring that pizza down to the floor for the customers to try. It worked, everyone loved it, and we were, the guys were uh, saying to me, you know, we should just, we have an old deli space at the south end of the, of the floor, why don't we just put a pizzeria there? And it all came together. I, I learned my lesson very quickly as to how, how many fans you have in this town, because when I started the Neon Feast app, we did a survey, asked people to name their favorite pizza places. We only picked maybe 10 or 12, Put them on there. You were not on that list, and I never heard more shit than I heard at that year's Pizza Expo. When I was brought, I was recording live, and I was asking people. I was showing them my app. I was saying, "Look at the great list that everybody's like." Well, you don't have pop up on there, man. Michael, you got to get Michael on there. Um, he's the guy. You seem to have been embraced very quickly by the, I guess the. Um, the pizza community, right? The people who are very active in it. And I guess, is, is that partially through your decision to enter a lot of competitions? I, th I, think, I think the competition got my name out there in a bigger way. I'm not the greatest self-promoter. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but, you know, the last two years in a row, I've been blessed and lucky, you know, got number one in the U.S. and number two in the world. Um, I think I was the first person from Vegas to do that. And I think that definitely got my name out there in a bigger way. And, you know, kind of dovetailing on that, Truly Pizza came into my lap with John Arena and Chris Decker. And, you know, those guys. I mean, if, if you're in the industry and you don't, then you're under a rock. But um, luckily, you know, I, I've been blessed. And I think the sequence of events have led to a lot of people it almost feeling like overnight knowing my name, although... I have been doing pizza. I was actually one of the first pizzerias in downtown. Uh, we opened over 12 years ago now, doing like a, an old school New York slice. So I've been doing it for a while, but just to kind of uh, get that recognition now a little bit later, it is a good feeling and it's pretty awesome. And then, of course, that led me to here, to Double Zero. And this is a, this is a very, you know, very personal project, doing the wood-fired you know, not having a gas assist oven. It's very hardcore Neapolitan. It's very, it's, it's very artist driven in what we do from the te techniques to the dough, to the fire and to the way we cook everything. And it's, uh, it's a special time for me right now. And I'm very blessed. So um, just so we have it on the record, you are still at Pop-Up Pizza right now? I am, yeah. Yeah. I am yes. So you're at Pop-Up. You're in California and in um, Dana Point with Truly Pizza along with John Arena and um, Chris Decker. And now you have Double Zero here in Chinatown. 
it's a lot to do all at once, man. What inspired? What, why everything all at once? You know, I don't know. I think that just the path that I've been on has led me, like I said, to these sequence of events that have just hit and kind of compounded on one another. And now, you know, the stars for me have sort of aligned, and I'm in a place where the opportunities are there, and I'm not going to turn them down. Um, they're with really good people, and they're very good quality projects. I've turned a couple away. Um, that I didn't think were aligned with my personal beliefs. And so I'm, I'm happy with the group of, of people that I'm involved with between, you know, Jeff Fine and, and the guys, John and Chris and, and Jonathan at the Plaza. I have an amazing group and family that I've built that I think I can grow with in a, in a big way. So I don't plan on doing significantly much more outside of, of what we've got going on, but... I think the future looks really bright for pizza in Las Vegas. Well, it's changed a lot since you've um, started doing it. And there was certainly a time when pizza in Las Vegas was, um, I don't know, nobody knew what to make of it because they all wanted the style that they had from their own hometown. They didn't realize And Now I think it's more of a melting pot. Have you seen this, watched the scene develop a lot over the past 12 years? Oh, yeah. I, the scene has developed significantly. Um, not only have we developed a lot of different styles reminiscent around the country that can definitely satisfy many people from wherever they're from, but also the, the overall quality of pizza and food in general, I think, in town has increased um, with a lot of, you know, the, the really great strip chefs who decide to go off the strip and do their own thing. And also other artisan bread people and, and dough people that are super passionate, whether it's pizza or bread or, or baking in general, they're coming out and they're really putting a first class experience together for, I think, locals and, and people on the strip for the first time. And we're at a level we've never been at. So let's talk about what you're doing here at Double Zero. First of all, the name, I'm assuming, is not a reference to the way Roulette Wheel gets more of your money by putting a Double Zero, but actually to Double Zero Flour, I'm guessing, right? Exactly, exactly. We are committed to that old world flour, which is uh, it's a staple of the Italian, it's specifically the Neapolitan doughs that come out of the birthplace of pizza, obviously. And we've embraced that. However, it is old in, in, in the technique and in the tradition, but what we're doing with the double zero flour is a little bit more innovative than what you're seeing. It's a little more progressive. We're adding you know, natural ferments in there. We're adding a lot more water in there. We're adding different techniques in there. We're ad- adding bread baker's approach sort of techniques to the way we're making the pizza. And so we're getting a totally different result than you would in Naples. Um, but I think we're sort of progressive and we're on the cusp of like that cutting edge of what's going on on the wood-fired piece of, of this. So I, I think you may have just kind of answered a question that I was about to ask you. The, the, um, in Naples, they're very protective of the way people make pizza. And I know, I think at VPN or the AVPN, there's an organization that kind of goes out there and certifies people and you're doing it the proper Naples way. And I don't know if you get a medal or some shit or whatever they do for you. But um, you, I assume, know what I'm talking about better than I do. Is that something you're going for or are you just being inspired by that but taking it in a, in a different direction? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to win that medal, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's all good. 
Uh, yeah, the VPN is great in what they do and the way they protect, you know, the Neapolitan pizza and its traditions. But we're definitely pushing boundaries here. It's not easy to make the dough that we're doing. It's not a walk in the park. There's a lot of challenges to it. And we've bobbed and weaved and figured out a method that works for us. But, you know, it can't sit out too long. It can't be too cold. It can't get too hot. It's really finicky. And we understand that, but that's, there's a reason for that. And the reason is we're, we're looking for a certain result. And we know that there's a certain lightness that we want with that charred oven flavor with the wood fired. And we didn't want to just be another Neapolitan place. We wanted to have a special product that Las Vegas could be really proud of in the, on, not just in Vegas, but on the, on the, the, on the world stage. So anybody that comes here that travels all over the world, can come right onto Spring Mountain and have a world-class pizza experience. Um, you have a lot of, we talked about all the pizza that you have going on, but you also have a product, with a, a line of products with your wife that you do, which are home products. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we have, uh, I am Moroccan by heritage. My dad's from Casablanca, Morocco. Grew up eating some really amazing food. He was a French classically trained chef. Um, had me making omelets at like five years old, the French classical way, like putting me to work in the kitchen, making him breakfast. And he, he was a big in, you know, inspiration and he really instilled a lot of uh, that. I think I got a lot of that culinary passion from that side of my family for sure. Um, the product that we create is a harissa. It's an all natural, naturally fermented harissa. Naturally fermented like the pickles you had tonight. Um, and and it's, it's not your traditional metal toothpaste sort of sun-dried tomato coming out of the tube kind of harissa. It's a, it's a formulated product that we ferment that's like got a lot, of, a lot of very fresh and toasted spices. It's long fermented. It's got a funky, long-lasting flavor that's got multiple dimensions. It's kind of the harissa that, you know, the next generation created that uh, wanted to use it in the same way that a lot of people use sriracha. And just to have those North African and Mediterranean flavors, we felt like that was missing. So we started that product a couple of years ago. The pandemic never helped it out, but uh, we're, we're actually growing in a really big way. We're in some really amazing stores in Erewhon Market in Los Angeles, and we are looking to continue to grow. We're talking to Whole Foods right now. and. I think the future for our harissa is looking really, really, really special. So we're, we're, that's, a, that's a very passionate, near and dear to my heart project that I'm excited about. Um, finally, let's talk specifics on pizzas. I had three my first visit here today. Your margarita was fantastic. Uh, the speck was really great. I loved how you mixed some fruit in there and you gave it a little sweet with the salty. The mushrooms knocked me on my ass. Those were absolutely fantastic. But that's really just scratching the surface of the originality that, that you have on this menu. Could you tell people, what's, is there a theme that ties together all these pizzas, or is there one or two pizzas that you want people to make sure they take a look at on the menu? Um, you know, I think the theme was, how can I make a, a diverse array of pizzas where someone can come in two, three, four, five times and have a different experience every time where not everything has to have meat on it. And for all my meat lovers who love meat, I throw the mushroom their way like I kind of did to you tonight. And I, I, I tell everyone every time we do something really special but simple to them and they taste similar to having meat. And some people can't even tell. So I think it's just being 
passionate and just not really it's being that obsessive personality you just you it's not one theme it's how can you go down the rabbit hole 15 times and make 15 different things so different and unique and i think we are starting to do that here and i think we're going to head down a really fun path with 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 the building blocks that we started on Thanks to Al for getting that great interview with Michael Vacneen of Double Zero Pie and Pub. That's on Spring Mountain. They've been open for about five weeks, I think they said, um, and they will be having a grand opening soon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, in addition to that, this week we are sitting in Lemon Tree Cafe and Market. Uh, we are down near Durango and Patrick. Buffalo and Patrick. Buffalo and Patrick. Um, I came down a different way. That's okay. We're sitting with Patrick Littlejohn. Uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us okay. how Lemon Tree Cafe came to be. All right. Well, originally I'm from Scotland, um, up in the Highlands. Um, worked in the hotel business over there for a few years. Uh, then moved to Jordan. Uh, where I was the food and beverage manager for the King and Queen of Jordan. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, for four years, uh, very young age, um, which was probably a highlight of my career, um, apart from now owning a place. So, <laughs> uh, so that I worked for, the, yeah, for with them for four years. I was King Hussein and Queen Noor. And uh, then moved to New York, where I uh, landed a job at the... Um, Plaza Hotel and worked my way up in, in places there, uh, running the Oyster Bar as the GM. I was the Palm Court manager, doing afternoon teas in there, uh, doing their you know huge buffet on the Sundays. And then um, I finished up as the Oak Room and Study GM. Wow. That's um, some history in that place. That is yeah. a lot of history. So, so I might be skipping ahead a little bit, but how did you land in Vegas after all of that? Oh, Vegas... Uh, I met the owner of Il Molino uh, at the plaza, mm-hmm. and but worked for him in New York when we opened up uh, this uh, three-star restaurant, Il- Ilo, actually, uh, the Bryant Park Hotel, 40 West 40th. And we ran the whole food and beverage for the pal- uh, for the that hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, you know, we we're cutting edge back then. It was just uh, 2001, um, and then 9/11 happened. So it made life a lot uh, tough for the restaurant to, to get off its feet because it was just like one street away from success. As oh I, my I was gosh. Because if you're above 40, if you're on 42nd, the city came back. But if you're below 42nd, it was years oh, wow. coming back. Yeah. So it was tough. Uh, but he bought Il Molino in that time and then uh, was developing that as a business, as a, you know, as a, a high end chain, yeah. uh, as, so to speak, for Il, you know, for Il Molino. And he asked me to come on board and go open up his restaurants for him. So he says, oh, well, next one's Long Island. We did that one. Next, after that, it's Vegas, and then keep going. But I stopped in Vegas <laughs> and ran that one for 17 years. But I also then, this was based on I used to open up all the ones in America for them. So, okay. So I did that, and then pandemic took out the one in Vegas, and... I was thinking, what am I going to do? I need to take care of myself. Especially with a history like that. I mean, how do you, how do you, you can't just go anywhere at that point. At that point, and I didn't really want to go work for anybody else. Right. Uh, I wanted to do, you know, I worked for long enough, giving, you know, giving my time and effort and and making them money. And I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And then I was lucky enough to meet the developer of this uh, Evora project, Mm -hmm. which is at Buffalo and Patrick. And it's 43 square acres of, you know, development with, uh, 1300 luxury apartments coming behind me 
along with this too. Yeah, because this is this is a burgeoning is, this, space. Yeah. They're still developing. Everything's you've got, getting you've built got, up. You've got um, um, you've got a healthcare company over here doing a lot of their administrative things like that. Yeah, there's a school here. Uh, there's two more restaurants going on the end, a Korean noodle bar, a Persian restaurant that's coming as well. Uh, there's an Italian restaurant on the top north side, uh, northwest side. Basilico. The Basilico. And then you've got tops and barrels on the east side of okay. the building, uh, which is this, uh, you know, uh, buy your flights of beer, buy an ounce of beer yeah. with a certain amount of things uh, card wise. So after I stuff myself yeah. silly here, I'm going to have to go over there and, and, then and check it out. Drink check heavily. It out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, and I, I met the developer and I pitched him a couple ideas and he was like, oh, yeah, that's totally what I want for this development and it was this cafe and and gourmet market essential you know mm-hmm. it's got essential items it's got hard to find items too so and because uh, i when i came to vegas i like good food but i couldn't ever find it all in one spot you yeah. know when you're shopping so and in europe we do a lot of this it's under one roof you, yeah. know, you, you you shop you have a you sit down you have your lunch you have light bites you have wine you know and essentially this is what i created here yeah and i've got my business partner emily palmer but she's now pregnant and she's now <laughs> out on maternity she not have, hasn't given birth yet but uh yeah you know she's that's her going to be her uh, that's her for, priority for a for, moment for a while so <laughs> so yeah so this was you know this was my dream um and we, we made it reality so putting it all under one roof so if if i'm looking correctly you have sort of two kitchens going on tell well, me a little bit about that well we've got uh the main kitchen in the cafe uh we serve every breakfast lunch we're doing we're doing an afternoon high tea eventually um we do an early dinner uh we have a beer and wine license and champagne and then over on the market side we, we do have the wood fired pizza oven where we make scratch pizzas uh 12 inch uh using just the best quality product double o you know, caputo flour, summer's on a uh, sauce, and everything is the best I can get but, uh, yeah. that makes it classic. You know, everything is, I don't tweak with any, like with if the wheels round, it stays round, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not about foo-foo, you know, food. Yeah. Uh, it's like honest rustic fare, you know, and making the best quality product that can come out of my kitchen. So when um, we got the pizza bar, so sit up there, watch a game, come and have pizza, come and have the full menu. And then it transfers us into the rest of the market where I've got a deli counter, I've got imported deli uh, Italian meats, I've got Metro Deli uh, as my domestic uh, meats and cheeses I've got. I've got products from all around the world, olive oils, vinegars from Japan, Greece, Spain, Italy, uh, you know. Well, as, as, as our uh, friend Eric uh, will tell you, and we'll be talking to him shortly, um, you know, when I was recently looking for very specialty foods, there's there's only a few shops you can go to. And uh, Lemon Tree came up quite a few times. So tell me tell me why that kind of um, grocery versus like the everyday bodega market kind of thing. Well, uh, one, there was such a lack of it. Uh, also, you have to go to it's hard to go to just one spot and get it all. Yeah. And I wanted to. To create that. So, you know, you get your fresh bread, you get your you can have caviar, you can get your pint of milk, you've got, you know, so it's an essential store as well as a boutique, you know, gourmet store as well. You know, I've got 1055 uh, meat uh, you know, from the farm, uh, Aberdeen Angus, I've got tomahawks, I've got a great uh, double, you know, bone in pork chop. Um, 
and then you can get flowers and you get beer and you get uh you know your cheese and but they also just it's a really you know kind of fun kind of you know oh this is very different and you grab grab those kind of things uh, if you're like a cook so if you're an aspiring cook or if you are a chef in vegas you, know, you can come here get your product because you won't essentially be able to buy it for yourself right because you can buy it for your restaurant because it's coming from mgm or caesars but you can't go and get foie gras for yourself unless you right come here so i wanted to create that as well uh because i i just like good food as well so so tell us a little bit more about the menu what can people expect when they come in and sit down at lemon tree so lemon tree uh we have got some great uh breakfast items uh we're doing uh a fluffy egg souffle sriracha mayo and grilled cheese in a burger bun uh that's that a new item good. that's like you're gonna have to try that <laughs> that's a new item i just put on um from classics crook madame like, mm-hmm, like, like we so, were talking yes, about yes, earlier yes um, yes 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 uh, again it's a, it's classically you know done it's it's not tweaked it's how you should you know you expect it mm-hmm. um we've got quiche we've got uh, i've got a great burger i've got uh got a crispy skin on salmon with kale i've got healthy items i i've got fresh squeezed juices that i do uh daily um and then fresh salads and we've got some uh, vegetarian items we've got hands down one of the best gluten-free pizza bases uh, and the pizzas as the pizzas are a cross between a neapolitan and a new york pizza okay so a great chew great you know it holds up and the people have you know they're telling me it's really good so <laughs> i'm not gonna say it's really good <laughs> but i know it's good yeah um so it's a it's a it's across the board. It's something for everybody. I, you know, I've got a pasta. I've got fresh salads, like I say, fresh sandwiches, yeah. gluten free breads, you know. Um, and then I've got my pastries. All the pastries, everything's made in house. Everything's scratch. That was so my you, next question. So you yeah. do have to wait a little bit, but everything comes out of my kitchen in about 15, 20 minutes, okay, or less. You know, so you're not waiting long. Pizzas are done, and you know, in my oven, uh, three minutes once it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, like molded and. and and uh, stretched out yeah so yeah 660 degree oven and it cooks fast there you go yeah so why the lemon tree as we sit Uh, next to a lemon tree that does have have a a growing lemon on the lemon tree i i am like in (laughs) awe of my lemon tree because it's such for for those of you who have not been here it's such a light open airy um open concept is overused but it is an open concept space um i can see from this wall all the way to the back wall um, I can't see everything going on from every seat, but you get the idea that it's nice, it's big, it's open, it's bright. Yeah. Um, um, is that from? It's it's from my experiences in Europe. Uh, it's from wanting an environment that is relaxed. It's not beat music. It's you know, there's it's a it's a kind of a zeny very uh, atmosphere. Uh, but it's got that ability for hustle and bustle. But also because it's open air, it's got this weird uniqueness that you could sit here and you can't hear the people next to you. Uh, so it, it, oh, you can thank come. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, th- I thought that would be like a detriment, but it's actually a positive uh, because of the airiness that's in here. You just, you find it hard to talk to people across the, across the room because they can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and it's like a, just a nice open space because there's going to be a village of people going to be living here. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be extremely you know busy. Yeah. Uh, so I knew I wanted it to be big. Uh, 
became bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like that's going to be necessary in the yes. future. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, you've still got it laid out very open. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at these beautifully soft looking sofas and, and, and com- uh, you know, really comforting chairs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm for... sitting in a great booth with flowers behind me and a really cozy pillow if I just wanted to sit back yeah. and, and, you know, drink my almond milk latte that I've got. And you can come and work out here, uh, like work as in you know, do your absolutely work because I've got the Wi-Fi, I've got the uh, PowerPoints uh, all the way the back counter area, uh, the back area of the uh, restaurant. There's all um, plugs and, you know, for your phones and your laptops and things. Yep. Um, or have your business lunches or come for your dinner meetings, uh, which has already started to happen with book clubs and, you know, realtor um, events, you know, people coming in and, you know, just having a group uh, yeah. hanging out. Um, What's the signature um, uh, item for dinner? Uh, I would say, well, the crispy skin on salmon, mm. uh, salmon is great. Yeah. Uh, I do a petite filet with, uh, see, I do it's hand cut fries, but I do them in lard. So completely different flavor. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's again a classic how you should do it. Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion. But um and I do a great uh, cheese ravioli uh in a marinara sauce, but you know, I I took the I took the marinara sauce recipe so, from somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's you know uh, again you you taste the flavor you know yeah. you taste the quality so um, do you change the menu often do things I've, happen seasonally I've been doing some seasonal items and then tweaking the menu as we've been open like five six months now um, you know things that I you know, think are working or not working and you know putting new things on and and just getting. Uh, creative a little bit you know it's still got to get to its get it get in its feet so to speak. sure uh so certain things a mediterranean bootable i do is flies out of the door here at lunchtime mm-hmm. so again that's a little ode to my time in jordan where we make our own hummus and it's a very you know healthy absolutely oh, colorful yeah. salad you know so uh there's a little bit of me somewhere in the menu and on the shelves as well. So you can find some British items on there. Yeah. <laughs> Heinz, Heinz big beans. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, so you can do your English breakfast at home uh, well, uh, there. Yeah. I've got great bangers. I've got bangers. <laughs> oh, the there you go. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Made by uh, this great guy, Nick, who is a master butcher from London and lives in Spanish trails in Vegas here. And he's, he's got the English banger. He sells them all over America. And, That's fantastic. And he lives in Vegas. I, so just everybody loves coming to Vegas. Yeah, they always <laughs> here. So, um, so what would you like people to know um, a little bit more about Lemon Tree? Well, uh, it's open from eight till seven every morning. Uh, we, like I say, we've got beautiful pastries, lovely coffee, lavazza coffee. You can come and shop at the same time. You know, the market's open this, as long as the uh, restaurant is. We've got something, you know, essentials as well as all the, you know, gourmet items as well. So it's a one-stop shop. Um, and we're going to probably be, you know, once the apartments open up in September, we're probably going to stay open a little later. Yeah. So we'll get the, you know, eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's, you know, come and, come and see us. And say Absolutely. Hello. Patrick, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The news is next. This is Food and Loathing. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing or reach out directly. Info at foodandloathing.vegas. And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out in time at wishboneandvine.com. One more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. All right, now it is time for the news. And the first one that we want to talk about, of course, is that Vegas Unstripped is back. That's the gathering that celebrates downtown and neighborhood restaurants uh, coming back. That's off the strip. And you know what? Let's just go to the source. Let's find out the details from the guy behind it all, Eric Gladstone. Tell me when, where, who's involved, how much, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, It's it's great to be here. uh, we're really excited to, to have Vegas Unstripped back again. We we had to skip another year uh, last year. Uh, so we're really excited to have it back and, uh, you know, hopefully bigger than ever. Same place? Uh, well, not exactly. It's not going to be on Main Street, but we haven't announced the official location yet oh. until we get all the clearances. We, we, <laughs> we always tend to do that. You are one <laughs> mysterious guy we, sometimes. We like to, uh, every year we've done this, we've sort of released information slowly. We're going to release the chefs and the other participants eventually. Um, but what's really, really cool is that we actually, before we even announced this, we sent out a, a private newsletter to everyone who had come before mm-hmm. and said, if you guys want to get tickets we always promised you'd be the first offered um and we've already sold like several dozen tickets well so i have to tell you it came up last night um you know i am part of a supper club called cooking with gemini and last night was our night for july and uh yeah it came up a couple of times people got their emails and are already starting to talk about tickets so it's amazing it's so uh reassuring and gratifying that people just know of, from the events that we've done in the past, they, they have the confidence that they know that this is going to be a great event. So and give us some generalities about it. So we okay. know it's downtown. We, I know you have the date. There'll be food. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have the date? What, what is the date? What do you want? Um, so it's October 14th, Saturday night. Uh, it's going to start. We're going to start at seven this year, just a little earlier than we have in the past. I think that that felt right to make it just a little yeah. earlier. It is still 21 and over because we have all kinds of cocktails from some of the best bars in the city and, you know, beer and wine and everything is included in the one price. That's mm-hmm. what we like to do. Everyone pays the same price. Up until day of, we're going to have just a few day of tickets available because we always have people at the gate sort of like. Uh, How can I get in here? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look at this. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just a few. But but um, but everything other than that, everyone's paying the same price. Everyone gets an opportunity to experience everything. The only advantage to getting a ticket sooner is the sooner you buy your ticket, the earlier you get in. Okay. How so, much? And you know this very well. <laughs> uh, bottom line, uh, what's the bottom line? It's 150 plus fees. 
cheap at half the price. Oh, wait. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we think it's a very fair price. We've always wanted to price it fairly so that basically anyone can go. Um, we d- I hate seeing these events that are you know outrageously expensive, and I don't think it's fair. And we, we put a lot of thought into all of the details of this event. We think of it as an event that's for chefs, mm-hmm. by chefs, mm-hmm. you know. So we challenge the chefs to do one night only unique dishes, um, things that they want to do. We tell them to push the envelope and do something that they think they could never do in their restaurant or that they think people will not, you know, understand, but it's a dream of theirs to do. We want them to chase that passion and, and chefs really respond to that. And they've always said it's their favorite event to do, which is also really gratifying. We make sure they have a good time as well. Do, do Um, what you're going to do that you could never do in the restaurant and do it on a propane gas stove in the middle of a street. Well, <laughs> yeah, or whatever equipment they need, honestly. But yes, right. I mean, it's definitely a challenge. What's really cool is a lot of times, many there's many, many examples from the first year onward of people doing that dish, being surprised how much people liked it, and it ends up on the regular menu. Oh, Look cool. at that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's really the, the part of the goal of this is to connect foodie, you know, foodies or whatever you want to call people who love food with the chefs and really have them communicate and then let them understand what a great food scene we have here and let the chefs understand that, you know, if you try, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. You know, if you, if you push the limit, if you take chances, we want to show you that there's an audience for that, you know, and, and, and we will, at the same time, we want to show kind of the rest of the world really that Vegas has a serious food scene, that it's not just about the celebrity chef outpost. I was just going to say, you know, as a consumer, one of the things I love about this event is that it is not about strip chefs. It's not about the celebrity. It's not about, you know, some massive PR firm coming in and, you know, bringing people in from, out of state to right. do these different foodie events. Yeah, these are that. these are neighborhood chefs. These are local chefs. These are off the strip chefs um, that you know some some people may never have heard of. But right. it doesn't yeah. mean they're not making great food right here in Las Vegas. Eric, well, the whole thing is. Oh, sorry, Rich. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Wrap it up. Uh, oh, <laughs> the whole the whole idea is that you know we're never going to really be a, a food scene until we create our own heroes. Yeah. You know, if you br- keep bringing in heroes from other places, even though they're great. And a lot of those celebrity chef restaurants are still great places, but you're never going to have a a scene that we can call our own until we've got our own heroes. So the idea of Vegas Unstrip year after year is to, is to build up those heroes and get people to know and connect with them. What date again, Eric? It is Saturday, October 14th, and tickets are available on VegasUnstripped.com, VegasUnstripped.com. And one thing I should add is we are actually going to open it up to strip chefs this year also they just have to show up and cook and cook and actually be all right yes all right thanks all right well thank you eric brezza speaking of uh exclusive expensive events (laughs) (laughs) it still sounds like a value it is uh an exclusive evening presented by executive chef nicole brisson and william grant and sons those are the folks who bring us Glenfiddich, a five-course tasting menu paired with Glenfiddich Grand Series whiskeys. This is July 20th at uh, 7 o'clock at Brezza. It'll run you two ninety-five, although it's a little uh, deceptive because also there's the tax, also there's, there's the uh, gratuity. So it's going to be closer to about 370 
380, but we're looking at uh, watermelon gazpacho, a welcome cocktail, oysters, uh, uh, champagne mignette, some ground crew, uh, stone fruit, lamb tenderloin, all kinds of great stuff. I'm not going to go through the whole menu, but it is a uh, a big deal. It is uh, Brezza and Glen Fittich. What a great pairing that is. And that's Brezza and Resorts World. And so you can go and get tickets, I believe, directly on their website. You know, here's a fun one. A new study has revealed that Las Vegas is the best city in America for bachelor and bachelorette parties. And excuse me if I sound not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but research by BetMGM analyzed multiple factors that bachelors and bachelorettes may consider important when planning their parties. And that includes the number of bars, average yeah. hotel and average drink prices, activities available, natural beauty spots of which, let's face it, the Las Vegas Valley and surrounding areas have many, and parks. The study analyzed the top 100 most populated cities in America. And uh, we have... <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff here. I gotta a lot say of good that stuff here. I got to think that it's been almost 20 years since the original The Hangover. And even though it's been that long... People still love that, and people think they're going to recreate that. So uh, there you go. My, my, I think so. I mean, we're talking Vegas has over 340 bars. This is just listed on this particular thing that strip, they looked yeah. at. Uh, that's 51 bars for every 100,000 people in oh, Las God. Vegas. So if you include nightlife, if you include Cirque du Soleil stuff, if you include all the restaurants that we all love to go to, I am not, like I said, put on my surprised face. Yeah. But uh, yeah, plan that party, come to Vegas. All right. That's about all we can handle for this week. Thanks to our guests, Patrick Littlejohn, Michael Vagneen, and uh, a late ad, Eric Gladstone. Al will be back next week. And as usual, we have all kinds of great stuff set up for you. And, you know, maybe not some not so great stuff. Hey, you know, it's, a, you know, <laughs> truth in advertising here. So it's Samantha Gemini Stevens. It's Rich Johnson. And for Al, we say stay, stay hungry. hungry. <laughs>